Rosh Hashanah, Perek Beis, Mishnah, Hey. Chatzir Gedola, Haisa Yerushalayim, Uves Yazek, Haisa Nikres. There was a large courtyard in Yerushalayim, and it was called Beis Yazek. Ulisham Kol Ha'edim Miskansim. And it was to this courtyard that all of the Edim, who claimed to have seen the new moon, that had come to Yerushalayim to offer this testimony, were gathered. And it's a discussion in the Rishonim, whether or not this Mishnah is talking about a scenario where they arrived on Shabbos, as we're going to see soon, uh, there were considerations with respect to arriving on Shabbos in this courtyard, or whether or not this was just the general facility of the Beisdin to hold the Edim until they could uh, process them uh, through the interrogation process. And the Beisdin conducted their interrogation in this courtyard. And they would make large seudos, large meals for these people, so that the Edim would be accustomed to coming. In other words, there was an effort made to ensure that the Edim who came to testify about the new moon were comfortable and would therefore return again. So says the Mishnah, Originally, the Psak was that they were not allowed to move from there all day. In other words, we're talking about a situation where the witnesses arrived on Shabbos. There's a prohibition on Shabbos to walk beyond 2,000 Amos outside of a city limit on Shabbos. Uh, so let's say an individual traveled on Shabbos because they were permitted to do so. So in our Mishnah, these individuals were permitted to go ahead and travel on Shabbos in order to give their testimony. So in general, if a person goes ahead and travels outside of the Tchum on Shabbos, they are only permitted to walk four Amos in any direction. So that pretty much isolates them exactly where they are. But in this scenario, people were um, permitted to come uh, on Shabbos, beyond the Tchum, because that was permitted in order to ensure that we could accept their Eidos for Kiddush HaChodesh. So here we have a scenario where these Edim arrive in Yerushalayim, they've violated the Tchum, but they've done so under the auspices and with the permission of uh, Chazal. And so therefore the question is, where are they allowed to go, where are they not allowed to go? So in theory, they should be allowed to go anywhere um, within Yerushalayim, because even if you have walked outside the Tchum, if you find yourself in a walled city, you're allowed to go anywhere. Tosis writes that, in fact, the at this time in history, the gaps in the walls of Yerushalayim were so great that it was not considered, with respect to Tchum Shabbos, to be a walled city. So these people were essentially stuck. So, Hiskin Rabban Gamliel Azokein, Rabban Gamliel Azokein made a takana, Shiyu mehalchin alpayim ama ruach. Then, in fact, they are permitted to walk 2,000 amos in every single direction. And the understanding, the, the mechanics of Rabban Gamliel's takana is that since they arrived in the city of Yerushalayim with the permission of Chazal, because they were permitted to do so in order to offer their testimony for Kiddush HaChodesh, so therefore they are considered as if they are residents of Yerushalayim. And if you're a resident of Yerushalayim, then you are permitted to walk the 2,000 Amos uh, in any direction outside of it. And so therefore, that was the takana to ensure that these people were comfortable. Lo Elu Bilvad says the Mishnah, not only these people, not only the scenario of the witnesses coming for Kiddush HaChodesh, but even if you have, let's say, a midwife 
who comes to help somebody deliver a child. We know that somebody who is in childbirth has the halachic status of being in a situation of sakonos nefashos, of a life-threatening situation because of the complications that could potentially come up in the course of delivery of a child. Certainly in the times of history without the uh, benefits of advanced medical science, childbirth was viewed as uh, a, a real sakana. And so therefore, if someone were coming to aid and assist in the process of birth, so that individual uh, is obviously permitted to do so on Shabbos. And this dispensation, that once they arrived, that they were considered a resident of the city and given, reallocated to them, the 2,000 amos that they're allowed to walk in any direction, would apply as well. And the same is true of anyone, any first responders, who come to rescue people from fire or from an attacking army or from a flood or from a river or from a falling building. All of these people where their Chilo Shabbos is done in a uh, manner that is permissible, uh, they are not proscribed from being able to walk the 2,000 amos. They are like residents of the city and they are permitted uh, to move within 2,000 amos in any direction. Mishnah Vav, uh, returns to the question of how, in fact, do we interrogate the Edom? There's a fundamental difference between the Beisdin's process and disposition of interrogating Edom for Kiddush HaChodesh and for general um, things that people witness. In general, when Edom come to Beisdin, they're establishing facts that are, as of yet, unknown to the Beisdin. And so, therefore, the interrogation of the Edom is to ensure that the facts they are relating are objectively correct and not invented by the Edom. In the case of the Kiddush HaChodesh, there are astronomical calculations that the Beisdin can conduct in order to determine the basic uh, assumptions of how, in fact, the Levana, how, in fact, the moon would look at a particular point in the month with respect to Kiddush HaChodesh. And so, therefore, the formality of the Edom coming and saying that they saw the new moon is something that the Beisdin could interrogate and ensure that the object in the sky that these people witnessed is consistent with what their expectations are from an astronomical calculation perspective. And so therefore, the interrogation of the Edim took that type of form. So aside from the general interrogation that the Mishnahis mentioned in Sanhedrin, where we ensure that they're not... Uh, lying about where they were and, and, and who they were with and, and to ensure that, that their story is correct, the Bezin asked all sorts of questions about the nature of the Levana itself. So the Mishnah writes, Ketzad Bodkin Esa Edim. How do we in fact, uh, interrogate these Edim, these witnesses? Zug Sheba Rishon, Bodkin also Rishon, Umachnis and Esagadol Shebahen. So first of all, the system was first come, first serve. Each pair, each cut, each group of witnesses that came were checked in the order that they arrived. And within that pair, when you wanted to interrogate them separately to ensure that their stories match, um, you would always take the older one first. The Omrim Lo, and they would say to him, Emor, tell us, Ketzad Ra'isa Es HaLevana, how in fact did you see the moon? Was it lifnei achama or le'achar achama? Was it facing the sun or was it away from the sun? And by that, Beisdin means the horns of the moon, of the crescent of the moon, the edges, 
Were they pointing towards the sun as the sun was setting when the, the moon emerges? Or were they pointing away from the setting sun? Litzvona Oladoroma. Were they pointing toward the north or toward the south? Kamahaya Gavoa. How high on the horizon did it seem to be? Ula'ayin Hayanota. And which way was it leaning? Which direction were the horns pointing? And how wide did it seem to be? So, if they say that it was facing the sun, then they have essentially invalidated themselves. Because that, Beisden had calculated, was astronomically impossible. So, after all of these questions, then they would bring in the second witness of the group of two, and they would interrogate him. And they would ask him the same questions and ensure that their stories matched up. If they find that their words coincide, their testimony is valid. So what happens to all of the Edim that came to Beisdin to testify as well? So what did they do with the rest of the pairs? So they didn't just walk in and announce, we don't need you anymore. Rather, they asked them some basic main questions. Not because they actually needed these witnesses, because the edos of the first witnesses uh, was enough to declare the Rosh Chodesh, but rather, so that they would not leave disappointed that they were not somehow involved in the process. Like we explained earlier in the Masechda, that, you know, this is a big inconvenience to to travel all the way to Yerushalayim, uh, especially if you don't live nearby, without modern-day modes of transportation in order to give this testimony. So if you assume that everybody else who lives in the area is going to go, why would you go? So that's why we're trying to make the experience of giving testimony in Bezdin one that is as pleasant and productive feeling as possible.